Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> That. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Welcome to Special Teams, a production of iHeartRadio. Greetings and welcome inside the latest special teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon podcast. We take a look back at a very special year in sports, very special team in that special year. This week, we look at the 2009 Minnesota Vikings. No, they didn't win it all, but my goodness, did they give us a year to remember? It was Brett Favre, his best year post post Green Bay, rather. And we'll get into the Jets in a little bit because, you know, I got to talk about yo. the Jets a little bit. You but, mean the way station. Uh, this is one of those memorable teams that did not win a championship. And look, as we do things on special teams, that's kind of where we go. Sometimes it seems that win it all. Sometimes it seems that don't win, but are incredibly memorable. And we saw an NFL rule change because of the 2009 Minnesota Vikings that we still have today. Rule changes, the craziness of Brett Favre, which is the overriding topic for the season, the way this roster was assembled, some stars that, as you and I sit and talk about this, uh, this team, looking back a decade, you still have many guys still traversing the sidelines Mm -hmm. of NFL rosters. I mean, pretty, pretty exciting stuff that, you know, I just remember the Brett Favre hemming and hawing really infuriated a lot of people, including me. So, and and since it's all about me, that's really what it comes down to. Because he couldn't get out of the bleeping NFC North. You know, here's the thing. He goes through, before the 2008 season, yet another, I think I want to retire, and the Packers had had it with him. And we talked about Brett Favre, because this is back when I was doing All Night on ESPN Mm -hmm. Radio, and we had talked about Brett Favre every day. And it was great because it was about something on the field. It was a controversy on the field. Should the Packers let Brett Favre play? Should they let him go? Should they trade him? And it was different, which was what made it fun. They finally decide to move on. They trade him to the Jets in 2008. He plays 2008. He has a great year until he tears his bicep. The Jets can't win in December, and he moves on. He, quote, retires again, and you think this is it for Brett Favre, but then again, it's never it for Brett Favre. I mean, look, I think in 2021, he's going to come back at 53 years old. He looks but, like a yoked-up Santa Claus running around. I mean, come on. But Favre decides in 2009, after he retires from the Jets at the end of 2008. I mean, things were great for when he was a quarterback with the Jets. He was phenomenal. He beat the Patriots in a big Thursday night game in New England. He beat the Titans when they were undefeated. The Jets were 8-3, and three, and I thought, they're going to win the division. We're going to the playoffs. It's far, 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 far. My whole life was Brett Favre. I was doing things in fours just because his number was four. It was incredible. And then he tears his bicep. And he can't throw the football anymore. The Jets don't win. And then, okay, Brett Favre is done. The Jets realize we have to move on. We have to get to somebody else. But then slowly you start to hear the rumors. As the winter turns into spring, Brett Favre, who had wanted to go to the Minnesota Vikings when he first was let go from the Packers, but the Packers weren't going to let him go to an NFC North foe. He decides to come out of retirement and sign with the Minnesota Vikings. With 10 years to look back at this, you can easily see Brett Favre 
and the long game he played, whereas I want you to let me go with the Packers, and I want you to let me go to the Vikings. Packers said, we're not going to do that, because it came down to trading him to either Tampa Bay or the Jets, and they picked the Jets. But I guarantee you the long play with Favre was, you know what? I'll go play someplace else for a year. I'll retire again. Then I'll get to Minnesota because I can't get to Minnesota now, but I want to go play for Brad Childress. We had a relationship mm-hmm. with before Brad Childress was the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. And you knew that's what he was going to do. He comes out of retirement and suddenly he gets where he wanted to be. He went somewhere else for a year and then he gets the Minnesota Vikings and he wants to exact revenge on the Green Bay Packers. And it becomes the story again. Favre the Jets was a huge story. And now, hey, it's continuing his first year with the Vikings. I just don't know that he's ever gotten the proper credit for the Machiavellian genius of being able to come right back into the division Mm -hmm. or enough blame for something that right now players get absolutely brutalized on social media and throughout all media when they orchestrate a power play of getting out. Anthony Davis wanting to go to the Lakers. LeBron James holding everybody Yeah, but everybody universally loved Brett Favre. Outside of teams in the NFC North, no, everybody loved Brett but Favre. But see, that, he was always the, the funny scenario of, you know, that guy that you respect, right? Mm-hmm. It's the, all right, he keeps beating us. But man, he's fun to watch because it's so unconventional. <laughs> and the arm strength and the gambler style throws, whatever, as a guy growing up in Chicago, Bears fan, you just watch and you'd marvel at what he'd do. And then, of course, he passes the baton to Aaron Rodgers and it's more of the same. Uh, what is it? 17 and four in the last mm-hmm. 21 games against the Bears. Uh, but it's it's just the idea that, you know, you're you're terrorized by this guy. You kept waiting for him to maybe put your uniform on and, and end the cycle. But instead, you, you, you appreciated the talent, but I don't, I don't think he ever got one or the other, right? Even Elway for not coming into the Colts or Eli Manning for forcing the trade out of San Diego. They at least, there's blips on there and stains well, on their record. With Favre, with Favre they, it was just, are you going to retire or well, not? Well, that was the whole thing is that that's where the only backlash he had came from was, again, you're not, we don't know if you're going to retire. Again, really, you don't know if you want to play again. Hey, again. I was trying to publish but, for fantasy magazines, man. I needed that information. But now, well, this is back when fantasy magazines, oh, we got to publish in March. Well, why do you have to publish? Because that's when the magazines publish hey, in March. I don't know. I got I to gotta get it in uh, before the draft. <laughs> but that was now, now when, in retrospect, you look back, at things a decade ago, a decade in in the rearview mirror, and it was okay. This was just a, a strategy mm-hmm. to get to the Minnesota Vikings. He only retired from the Jets because he had to retire so he could then get to the Vikings. And he really didn't want to be a Jet. No, he didn't. He didn't. I I, mean, he was Fireman great. Ed loved him. For he was great for a saying. while, but that, there are reports out of New York that that even the players got a little sick and tired of him because he would have like his own office. Like Eric Mangini, who was the coach, would give him his own office. He didn't really hang out with the mm-hmm. guys as much. He wasn't quite the the guy they expected him to be when he joined the team. Well, but that's just it. Difference between and and we watch it now. The old quarterback, right? The difference between how Tom Brady is with his teammates that are half his age mm-hmm. and what Brett Favre was, right? Because essentially you had the same dynamic, but all you ever hear is how integrated Brady is with the team and wanting to know the guys. Hi, I'm Tom Brady is how he welcomes them to camp, right? He goes and finds and seeks them out versus Favre and you know, it's his world. Right? Here's a pair of Wranglers. There you go. What, 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 uh, what, what, do you, what do you like, a 32-30? Here you go. Yeah, let me give you those right there. You know, if they That's just cut them off into jorts, they could recreate the Top Gun volleyball scene. You know, if your beard is getting a little gray, I can give you that. You know, you can kind of brush it through, and then you, you kind of look younger. No one can tell. So Favre joins the Minnesota Vikings, and he joins the head coach he wanted to join in Brad Childress. Your guy. I like this because I was one of the few people in the world with a Brad Childress impression. You may be the only guy with a Brad Childress impression. I can't say I've ever heard another. Oh, we have to make sure on offense that we uh, throw the ball downfield a little bit more and uh, put more points on the board. And that's a pretty good Brad Childress. Senior offensive assistant in 2019 for (laughs) your Chicago Bears. So Favre joins the team, and it becomes the story in the NFL. The Minnesota Vikings become page one news. 
And this is a team that is already loaded and ready to go. This is a team with Adrian Peterson in his prime. Sidney Rice, who became a star receiver with the with the Minnesota Vikings that year. That's the guy that Favre turned into a star. Big he play receiver. Vasanthe Shanko, who, well, had a, a, speaking of, in the locker room he had that, but we won't talk about that. Um, uh, that's a... Um... <laughs> Film after dark. <laughs> Film review. Uh, Bryant McKinney, Steve Hutchinson, Jared Allen, Kevin Williams, all pro bowlers. This was a star-studded team who drafted Percy Harvin in the same year, and then he became a weapon. And so this was everything Favre ever wanted. I have the big receivers. I got the fast receivers. I have the running back I always wanted. This is it. This is everything he ever had in Green Bay, and now he's got everything all at once. All rolled into one. I mean, you look at that defensive front, which has been – the trademark of the Minnesota Vikings for as long as I can remember at this point, it's that same build from the inside out. And then this, you know, they drafted Lodeholt, Lold, Lode, Phil Lodeholt, Phil Lodeholt. Yes. Yeah, so he becomes a starter you know, as a rookie top, top pick alongside Percy Harvin guys. And like Harvin goes on to win the rookie of the year award uh, when it's all said and done But for Favre orchestrated perfectly, finds himself in a beautiful situation. And I always liked the name Lodeholt. I, I thought know, that was I a pretty good name. The, like, like if I could change my I would want to be Jason Lodeholt. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of ways you can go, a lot of careers. The Minnesota Vikings are now page one news. How is Brett Favre going to fit in? Is he going to get revenge against the Green Bay Packers? Can he bring the Vikings to the Super Bowl? So while this is happening, what else was happening in 2009? Ooh. It was the miracle on the Hudson. As Sully was able to save everybody's life, the plane that was attacked by birds in the engine was able to land in the Hudson. Everybody gets out. Years later, Tom Hanks plays him in a movie. Kind of a surreal uh, kind of experience, I'm sure, for him. Uh, every time I go to the Universal Studios back lot, there it is. There's the screen. We filled that up with water. And Sully, and let me show you the picture of Sully. Bernie Madoff pled guilty. Yeah, Shortly that, after that, I realized, oh, now I know why the Mets can't sign anybody. Oh, because they were in on the Ponzi scheme with Bernie Madoff. Mets, yo. Never forced to sell the team, but 80% is going away you know, now, buddy. You know, I, you, know I, you okay, buddy? No, it's okay. It's, we're still struggling. You, you know, you made, you made it to the World Series. Once, I know, so. despite that. It's like despite all their efforts, the Mets made it hey, to the World Series. You got a deal on Jacob deGrom this offseason. I mean, come on. Uh, if you remember, it was Thanksgiving weekend when Tiger Woods's car hit a fire hydrant and Aylan Nordegren came out with a golf club and suddenly Tiger Woods' world turned upside down. He admitted to many affairs and his life has never been the same. Ten years ago, huh? You know, the last I remember, time I saw him, he was in a onesie posing for a photo I, with the uh, with the uh, international team. That yeah, that was uh, a little yeah. odd. That was a little odd. You know, well, I mean, he's trying to humanize himself. You know, I remember going to see uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo very shortly after because that's that was really the movie came out. Film too. And there's a scene... In Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Sorry, spoiler alert. There's a scene in which a character is getting chased out of a house, gets into a car, and another character grabs a golf club on the way out and bashes in <laughs> the rear window, which is the story of what happened with Elon Order. It's like about. a Law and Order so episode. That, so that happens, and it's a very tense scene. Like, A Girl with a Dragon Tattoo is a really great oh, movie, no. and it's very Silence it's of the intense. Lambs-esque. Yeah, and, yeah. and this is a really tense scene, and I just laugh in the theater. I look at my wife, and we laugh to each other. Nobody else is laughing. They look at me like, what are you laughing at, dude? What's wrong with you? I go... This is the Tiger Woods thing. What, what, oh, my God. Ripped from the headlines. Modern Family debuted that year. Sweet. As did Farmville. I still get requests. Blank, blank, blank. Do we you? invite you to play Farmville. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I never I got. I never went uh, down that rabbit hole. Dude, just got, Ever. made me want to get off Facebook. It was also the year that uh, Kanye West told Taylor Swift, I'm going to let you finish, but Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time. Which is still a surreal moment. Got a lot of run for Kanye West. Still, no question about it. Yeah, I, I would say in his life, that's one of the three biggest things he'll ever be known for. That's probably true. You got Gold Digger, which is one of the best hip-hop songs ever. And then you have him, I'm going to let you finish. Well, I like the, the fact that at the end of 2019, he's running around like painted like the silver guy you would pose for a picture with <laughs> on Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> so that's the magical year. 
of 2009. Ahead for the Minnesota Vikings, two games that had the world's attention, a playoff game that has ramifications even 10 years out. That's coming up more right here on Special Teams. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Week one of the NFL season, one thing was on the minds of every football fan. How was my local team going to do? And how was Brett Favre going to play his first game with the Minnesota Vikings? All kinds of hype on the team he's wanted to. He looked looser. He was happier. His first game against Cleveland, he just threw for 110 yards. I mean, very underwhelming, but did throw for a touchdown. They win week two. Just 155 yards, two touchdowns, but they're 2-0. So far, Brett Favre is a little underwhelming throwing the football, but they win a couple of games. However, week three, things change for Favre and the Vikings immediately. He launches a 32-yard touchdown pass with two seconds left to play to Greg Lewis to win and really launch the Vikings legend to beat the San Francisco 49ers. It wound up winning the SB for best football play, Favre jumping around in everybody's arms after. It was one of those passes that you see Favre throw and you go, no, 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 no. Oh, yes. Wow, what a great play. Because Greg Lewis is running along the back of the end zone. There's players there. You know, they, you still want to make sure there's enough time because maybe you can get one more play. But instead, 32 yards out, Favre completes it and now. He's a legend in Minnesota after just three weeks. Well, that's it. It's, it only takes that one big play to get you rolling. And, and because you do have Adrian Peterson, you don't have to be the 40 passes a game, Brett Favre, that you were towards the end of the run in Green Bay, right? You can move on 
and change the the structure. And you're still learning these young receivers because he didn't sign with them till fairly late, right? Right as camp began, so you didn't have the off season workouts. So you, you build from there. But for for Brett Favre, it's it became one of those signatures because you knew he was going to keep gunning, right? We celebrate guys like at least. You know, you and I, as, as we do our show on Fox Sports Radio, we celebrate guys like Jameis Winston. You don't know what the next pass is going to look like. Mm-hmm. And that was Brett Favre. Yeah. Right? That was Brett Favre. <laughs> he's going to win or he's going to lose because he's going to try to find that guy and, and needle in the haystack and, and try to gun it through two defenders. Uh, he'd make for a good video game or a horror film, I think, or maybe like an action film uh, where he's like throwing footballs through guys. <laughs> well, 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 I still remember what was the the NFC Championship game when he threw seven picks yeah. against against the was it the Falcons? I think he threw seven interceptions. That's, yeah, that's dude. Come yeah. on, man, stop trying to throw a football over that mountain, Uncle Rico. <laughs> stop doing it. <laughs> no time to rest for Brett Favre, however, as the next week was his rematch or first game against the Green Bay Packers. When he joined the Jets, the Jets did not play the Packers, but now he gets the Packers, he gets his old team, but this is at home, things are going to be okay, and things were okay. Packers win the game 30-23, to Brett Favre has a good game, he gets booed by fans in Green Bay that traveled all the way up to see the game, he winds up throwing for 271 yards and three touchdowns, and now Favre is 4-0, he wins his first game against the Packers. It's like he's winning the divorce. He's winning the breakup. He had a very fun interview after the game was over on national TV. It was a Sunday night game, and it was, all right, Packers, you thought they were going to come through. They couldn't. They win the game, and now Favre is winning the breakup, and Packers fans are just incensed. Well, because the, the thing about it was, you know, owing to the competitor and what he meant to that city and that franchise is how he'd go and celebrate after a touchdown, right, he's slapping the offensive lineman upside the head. He's sprinting down the field and pointing at the wide receiver. All those things that if the, they're the opponent, normally you're you're ticked off. And now if you're the Packers, you're really ticked off. Because right? <laughs> not only did he go away, and even if you said, all right, he finally got where he wanted to, but he had a torn bicep. And then he comes in and he shreds you like he did to a, the efficiency of 77% completion rate which he never touched, uh, and three touchdowns. <laughs> so for the pa- for the for the Packers for the Vikings, it's three and zero, four and zero, five and zero, and it's boy they could go undefeated. They could challenge the Dolphins. Mark, it was it was all Brett Favre all the time, and this is you know in the middle of my run at all night and at ESPN, and it really was. Favre overload. Look, we're talking about the Vikings so far. We talked about some of the players on the team and how well they played, and I get that, but I want people to remember that it was about one person. This this season and this entire incarnation of the Minnesota Vikings was about Brett Favre. We didn't talk about Adrian Peterson. We didn't talk about other players. Look, Peterson in 2009 ran for 1,300 yards. He had a big season, 18 touchdowns, which is his career high. And it was, oh, yeah, Adrian Peterson, yeah, he's pretty good. No, but that's it. He was was coming off a a great rookie year. This is only his second year in the league, too. So, I mean, it's like, what's he going to do for an encore? Nah, it doesn't matter. Old number well, four. Third year in the league for him. Where, Third, 2007. Where you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, I'm you picturing know, the rookie cards. He was coming yes. off the 1,700-yard season, which right. was his best one up until that point. Right. And it was, we never even talked about it because it was all about Brett Favre. Favre, Favre, Favre. So the Vikings wind up dropping one to the Pittsburgh Steelers, maybe in a look-ahead game, because week eight was the big showdown when they played at Green Bay. And this was all the hate for Brett Favre out in spades. The signs at the game were insane. You saw signs that called him traitor, that called him Judas. It was everybody hating Brett Favre. It was now we're going to beat this guy. And there's not many times in my life where I've felt afraid for a player on a football field. Because, you know, it's a football game and there's security there and everything else. But I said, boy, something could happen to Brett. I could see somebody running on the field trying to, hey, Brett, you think you're so good. It was that kind of atmosphere at Green Bay. Well, we just look at in the decades since how much different in basketball and in the NFL, guys changing teams all the time. Right, normally it was, especially for a quarterback, you didn't last that long. Mm-hmm. For one, I mean, the whole Iron Man thing's the other legend of Favre, but just 
the idea that you'd still be well enough to come back after such a long career there and, and become the villain. People conveniently forget the ownership and general manager side of things. Because eventually, you know, you've got Aaron Rodgers and mothballs. You've got to do something with it. Oh, they were happy at this point right? because, okay, well, but they still, it wasn't that things are bad for us because they had Aaron Rodgers who right. would go on to have an incredible career, win a Super Bowl, but... It was still, you wanted to leave us. We loved you for so long. I mean, we all, oh, we go all the way back to your rookie year. You're, you're in the mid-1990s. And now you, you weren't sure you wanted to play? And then you wanted out? And then you wanted away? No, no, no. We we, we can hate you now. Yeah, the saltiness that, that rolls up of you still want to be viable. And for him, he must have felt, and I'm sure it's documented in a million interviews, uh, by now of where he was at psychologically, because obviously he'd had some other issues, you know, off the field that he was trying to work through. But when we, we look at the 49ers, they've eventually parted ways with Joe Montana, right? It wasn't in the same division. He didn't come back to haunt them by becoming <laughs> a member of the NFC West, but you have, you know, Favre had an opportunity and a plan, plan the work, work the plan, and he came back, and you had Aaron Rodgers. And by that point, Aaron Rodgers had already shown himself, even in just a year plus, all right, we got a guy that's going to be able to play some football here. Yet, you know, that natural fan reaction, short for fanatic, as we talk about all the time, you're going to get salty as the guy comes back, as long as it's only the one time, right? <laughs> if it's, you know, year five on the return going, that guy's still... <laughs> It's over. It's over. Let it go. And not getting enough credit for the Vikings is the offensive line. Mm -hmm. Because it was after this game where it the storylines and how good the, the Vikings were got to more than just Brett Favre. This is the second time they played the Packers and they didn't sack Brett Favre. Not once. I mean, that was really something. And the Vikings defense is able to get to Aaron Rodgers as many times as they could. This loss dropped the Packers to four and three and suddenly their playoff possibilities were up in the air and everything was great for the Minnesota Vikings. You had a big kickoff return by Percy Harvin, which helped this out. Favre winds up in this game throwing for 244 yards and four touchdowns. And the Vikings win this game 38 to 26 in a game that wasn't really that close. They go into the bye week at seven and one and everything looks awesome. And you're thinking Super Bowl for the Minnesota Vikings. I'm just cruising along because they're putting up big point totals. Defense is playing well, even giving up the 26 against Green Bay. And you've already run four road games in this process, right? You'd only lost the, the one game to Pittsburgh on the road, but otherwise you're cruising along and just setting it up and knocking it down and, and still learning those wide receivers in the process. Because they were a bunch of young Kind of journeyman guys, as you talk about. I mean, Sidney Rice. Oh, yeah, Sidney Rice he never. Was in his third year. Yeah, and he, he never was the player he was after Brett Favre left. Right, so you had Blip on the radar. You know, he he had a couple of years and then he went to Seattle. And Same thing with Percy Harvin. And Percy late, Harvin and never Percy, became the full weapon you expected him to have. And Percy having off field in, in a prior episode of special teams talking about the Gators and, and Percy Harvin and with the Seattle Seahawks. He's a frequent contributor. To special teams, uh, but <laughs> yeah, I think you might have talked about Percy Harvin on special teams more than any other player so far. Well, we might he do just one been on specially so on him, yeah. Uh, that, but I mean, it shows the impact that he had, though, right? If, you, if when we look at players over the last ten to fifteen years in college and pro football, he's a guy that stands out. Of if he had been able to just stay right, right? I mean, mm -hmm. between some some mental health concerns and his love of the weed that he still <laughs> talks about in his post-career. I know you like the way I say that. So the, I, weed. the weed. I, I talk about the weed like I'm 85 years old. Hey, you know, I, I get on the internets, and then I look up the weed, and that's what it tells me. But for Percy I'm Harman, Mike Harmon. Derailed, yes. And now I'm doing a PSA for it. <laughs> Hi, I'm Mike Harmon. You want to look up the weed on the interwebs? Hey, that's a dangerous search and could get you fired. 
Don't do it at work. Don't do it at home. And that's one to know. I talk like Telly Savalas. I don't know. I was just trying to come to some kind of old man, old man type voice where it's like, hey, let me tell you about something, kids. Uh, let me tell you, I got, I got almost five decades on this planet. Let me tell Who you what's going you, on. Who loves you, baby? But. What's helping Favre along at this at this time, he didn't have the greatest wide receivers, but when you can't stack and you can't sell out because Adrian Peterson's mm-hmm. going to kill you, that helps immensely. Look, Favre had pretty decent running games on and off in Green Bay, but he never had a guy like Adrian Peterson that teams had to decide, well, we got we to gotta sell out for one guy. We either got to sell out to stop Adrian Peterson, we got to sell out to stop Brett Favre. We can't stop both of them. And with the way the offensive line played and the way that Adrian Peterson ran the football, you couldn't do it. And even though you don't have great wide receivers, well, hey, Favre's going to find the right guy and he's going to find the right guy in his progression and it may be Sidney Rice, it may be Visantashenko, it could be anybody else, but he's going to find it because you can't just slant your coverage or try to sell out like you normally do when a team is one-dimensional. Look, far as Packers teams, they won their fair share of games, but you could still game plan for them because in the end it was, well, we're going to stop Brett Favre. If Dorsey Levins beats us, Dorsey Levins beats us. You can't say that's, well, if we let Adrian, well, we can't let Adrian Peterson beat us. So it it became really, really hard to defend. And there's no, no surprise why the Vikings were running through the NFL this way. Well, you talk about the balance, 467 rushing attempts for the team over the course of the year. Peterson at 314, Chester Taylor, very effective as the number two option, both as a runner and receiver. Sidney Rice had 83 receptions, nobody else with more than 60. Yeah. And obviously in the red zone, Shanko was an absolute monster for that year, finishing with 11 touchdowns, but trying to pick your poison on it on a given day. And even Adrian Peterson a decade later still gets a little bit of daylight, <laughs> can still break away. You know, I miss Chester Taylor because I felt like he played in the 1970s as well. They sound he like, like he played, seemed like around like for he played for the Colts in the seventies. Oh, that Chester Taylor, he was really good. I just remember when he was brought in Chicago, he was going to be oh, yeah. the short yardage back, uh-huh. and then couldn't run short yardage plays. Uh, that makes it tough. He struggled uh, miserably. Makes it very difficult. They to did do that, that multiple years trying to bring in a guy to be the short yardage man, and uh-huh. they just—it's not about the Bears. The second half of the season, I'll help you out, buddy. Here, the second half of the season went very well for the Minnesota Vikings. They did lose back-to-back games late in December, but still finished off the season with a big thrashing of the New York Giants. They go on to the playoffs with a record of twelve and four, and Brett Favre turns out having his best year that he had had in quite a long time. Thirty-three touchdowns that year for the Vikings. That's the most he had thrown since nineteen ninety-seven. Seven interceptions for Brett Favre. Think about that number. Seven. Brett Favre. Think about that. When usually he's at like 30. Seven (laughs) interceptions. He did have a 29 interception. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Seven picks. He had never thrown those few interceptions outside of his first year in the league with Atlanta when he only appeared in two games. Seven interceptions for this full year. Every other year, the best he had ever done, 13 picks. But this tells you, this type of team he was on, he didn't have to be the big gunslinger. He was in a big, well-balanced offense, and everything looked great for them getting out of the regular season and into the playoffs. Operational efficiency, perfect home record, 8-0. Uh, the Bears get lost in, in Week 16, an overtime defeat with 36-30 as your final. So you got some fireworks down the stretch. Jay Cutler led. Bears. Well, that's the thing so. about that game. That week 16 game, we talked, they lost two in a row, and that second one yep. was to the Bears in overtime. Uh, Favre actually forced overtime by throwing a touchdown pass on fourth and goal with no time left to Sidney Rice. But in overtime, Adrian Peterson fumbles. Bears recover. Jay Cutler throws a touchdown pass to a guy that I will always have good things to say about. Hopefully he stays, you know, as Devin Aroma show do. Cause I won a fantasy league that year because he scored a couple of big touchdowns late. He had like a good four games for yeah, the bears yeah, he did. at the end of that year. And because of that loss, 
the New Orleans Saints jumped into the lead for home field advantage. So while the Vikings go into the playoffs, they go in as the number two seed with a date in New Orleans as long as they won that first week. Devin Aroma should do. Oh, he was that? he was great for a couple of guys. I mean, at four, I started him in my fantasy semifinals and final, and he was great. And I was like, oh my God, I love this guy. One of those guys that you watched and he had a, a decent role in Miami, came to Chicago, had a bit of success, and then flamed out as quickly as he arrived. So for the Vikings, it was now the playoffs ahead, two games away from the Super Bowl. Coming up next, we relive one of the biggest games in NFL history. Jason Smith, Mike Harmon, Special Teams Podcast. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. We continue on reliving the 2009 season for the Minnesota Vikings here on the Special Teams Podcast. Jason Smith, Mike Harmon, your genial host. You can hear us Monday through Friday on Fox Sports Radio, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. on the East Coast, 7 to 11 on the West Coast. And as we continue on here, I'm thinking, hey, as the playoffs are happening, I could see the Jets and the Vikings in the Super Bowl against each other. This is going to be awesome. The Jets had won a big playoff game in San Diego. I was in attendance for that game. They're in the AFC Championship game, and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. Jets, Vikings, it's coming. Jets, Vikings, it's coming. You get your revenge on Brett Favre for yeah, leaving you. We, 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 lost to the, we lost to the Colts. We lost to the Colts. Yeah. We lost to the Colts. We lost to the Colts. And, and we lost to the Colts. Deep breath, buddy. We lost to the it's Colts. It's okay. It was very difficult. It was... It was Peyton Manning. It was. You know, it's, you know, it was. You know, we're talking about the Vikings. This is, this is not Let's about not make me. it about the Jets. This is about the Vikings. We'll have your sad sack Jets history uh, episode. <laughs> I mean, what, what season could we look back at the Jets besides Super we're Bowl three? We're just going at the history. What oh, are you talking good, about? Yeah. Here's a we'll history. talk co-tight. Yeah. We'll talk... 
Here's a crappy-ass season the Jets have had. We're going to relive all of them. We'll give you nine minutes on your love affair of Curtis Martin and <laughs> shaking his hand. And, the yeah. Vikings' first playoff game, after having a week to sit back and kick back, they play the Dallas Cowboys, and this was a high-flying Cowboys offense led by Tony Romo, and they came into Minnesota and had no chance. The Vikings just blow the doors off the Cowboys 34 to 3. Romo couldn't do anything. It was very difficult to watch the Cowboys just lay a complete egg, but this was more about the excellence of the Minnesota Vikings. And they win a game we expected, and they're in the NFC Championship game, and not a lot of drama. Now, you look at what that Dallas team was. I mean, they scored 361 points on the year. It's certainly no slouch. I mean, you've got other teams that were rolling up some really ridiculous pinball numbers, but to go in and get absolutely decimated, we talked about the front seven and how effective they were earlier when you, you look at Jared Allen leading the way. Man, there's just not a lot of, lot of room for Tony Romo, and this game was never in doubt. This was not a nice walk in the park. Everybody sits down, and let's get ready for the next one. And the next one was the NFC Championship game. At the New Orleans Saints, a game where the Vikings were thinking Super Bowl and a great future, and instead, it turned out to be the final playoff game of Brett Favre's career, a game that in later years would turn out to be the beginning of Bounty Gate. But first, the game in and of itself, before we get to the long-lasting ramifications mm -hmm. of the NFC Championship game. This was a classic back-and-forth battle, right? The Vikings would score. The Saints would score. It was Favre up and down the field. It was Drew Brees up and down the field. The Vikings should have won this game so many times. They commit five turnovers in the game. And it's amazing it actually went to overtime because you commit five turnovers. You're on the road in the NFC Championship game. You're not going to win. But somehow, five turnovers, three fumbles, two interceptions, one big interception in a minute. But that should be enough for that. Should be, you know what? We shot ourselves in the foot and still. They had a chance to go. There's no doubt in my mind the Vikings were the better team. But you go in and you make that many mistakes, you cut those turnovers from five down to two. Let's say you turn over a couple of times. You're winning this game 38-24, and the Vikings are in the Super Bowl. Well, it goes back to the old predictor of success in the NFL. I mean, it's obvious and common sense, but the math bears it out. It's 80% if you win the turnover battle. I mean, that's, that's it. Because you look at statistically... 31 first downs to 15, 165 rushing yards to 68, 310 passing yards to 197. You just go on down the line. I mean, it's just absolute obliteration until you add the turnovers. Half the penalties, win time of possession, everything all the way through. But fumbles, Percy Harvin uh, and Bernard Berrien help with what Favre did individually and down you go. You know, one of the biggest turnovers in this game that's not talked about because obviously the interception uh, late in the fourth quarter is that right before the end of the first half, it's 14-14. And Reggie Bush, back when he was, boy, Reggie Bush is going to be a great player of the NFL. He's going to run for 1,500 yards a year and catch 1,500 yards in passes. Yeah. He muffs a punt that the Vikings recover on the 10-yard line. But two plays later, Favre and Peterson screw up the handoff and Scott Fujita recovers the fumble, and the game goes into the halftime tied when clearly this should have been a field goal lead or a touchdown lead for the Minnesota Vikings. And I know it's it's hard to say, well, you had one turnover, they turn it back over, but this ball's on the 10-yard line, and you screw up a handoff? Little exchanges. I mean, we see it so often, 2019 NFL, where you've got a quarterback trying to look off a wide receiver, you know, the little nod and the wink and they get the ball snapped because the center thought he saw a movement of a hand or whatever it is. And that's the one thing that you want to watch coaches blow a gasket. I mean, that's what you always want the picture in picture of the replay of the how the head coach or offensive coordinator respond to a play like that. And we're talking a title game. This isn't week one. This isn't week two. We're talking big time football and winning time. In the second half, you had the turnovers you said by Bernard Berrien. This turns into a 28-28 game with 2.42 left. The Vikings get the football, and they drive to the Saints' 33-yard line. Now, this is 
in Ryan Longwell's range for a field goal. Ryan Longwell's a really good field goal kicker. He has been. He's kicking indoors. Former Packer. But Packer <laughs> now at the Vite. Like, right. yeah, I got a, you want a great story, Ryan Longwell? You want a great Ryan sure. Longwell story? So when I was at NFL Network, uh, I, we did a lot of stuff with Steve Mariucci. Mm-hmm. And Ryan Longwell was in the 49ers camp as a rookie. And he was great. And Mariucci was, t- Mariucci is the best. He tells stories that are just so entertaining. And he's like, oh my God, this guy's going to be our kicker. We found him. He's a rookie. He's great. And I forget who he said he had on the team already. And they went in for the final cuts. He was like, all right, you know, talking to the GM. And, all right, and, we're, and we're keeping Longwell because he's great. They go, no, no, no. We're paying our kicker X amount of dollars. We're not keeping it. We're not, we're not going to cut him. And he was like, wait, wait, what? He was like, no, we're paying our kicker already. So we had to cut Ryan Longwell, who then went on to have a huge career with the Green Bay Packers. And he, he would say, that was the first time I looked and I said, okay, so money's a big deal. He was like, all right, well, I, I get the money part I always of it thought now. talent won out. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, you're still on the hook for some part of it. And you're talking about cap implications. It's a whole other, other ball game. So they're on the 33-yard line, and they run two running plays. And Adrian Peterson and Chester Taylor get tackled for no gain. Now, think for a second. With the Super Bowl on the line, Chester Taylor is getting a carry. Okay? I get it, but Chester Taylor is getting a carry with the Super Bowl on the line. Yeah, it's kind of funny because the, as you were earlier in the possession, you had a couple of runs from Adrian Peterson. But then you had several pass plays before you got back to the Chester Taylor. Now, he did run for 14 yards yeah. the play before he got stuffed for Yeah, but it's nothing. like, ooh, boy, this is the Super Bowl's coming here, man. This is Super Bowl. So let's start criticizing Adrian Peterson for not being able to <laughs> suck it up. That's it. Hot take. So they call a timeout with 19 seconds left. And this is a very often overlooked development. Minnesota gets flagged for having 12 men in the huddle. So now they're penalized five yards. So now it's the 38-yard line, and it's third and 15. Now maybe you're out of Ryan Longwell's range, and maybe you change things up and say, well, now we got to get some yards. You know, we don't want to trot Ryan Longwell out there from 38 yards out. That's a long one. So they decide to throw the football, a pass which will forever live, in Minnesota Vikings infamy. Brett Favre rolls out to one side, tries to turn back against his body and throw it all the way back across the side of the field, which we've seen Brett Favre do hundreds of times during his career. Threw it over the mountain. Sometimes it results in in a catch, and oh my goodness, look at the vision Brett Favre has. Sometimes it results in a bad play. It is picked off by Tracy Porter, and instead of a game-winning field goal attempt, we wind up going to overtime. And you get the famous call by Vikings play-by-play man Paul Allen, you can take a knee and try to kick a 55-yard field goal. He was hot. Why do you even ponder passing? On the air. He's the play-by-play guy, and he is so pissed that Brett Favre does a typical Brett Favre play and throws it back across his body, which is you never turn back and throw across the middle to the other side of the field because that gives so many players on the backside. They're already looking at the football and they can get to it. And that's what happened. Tracy Porter got to it. And now we wind up going to overtime and Paul Allen is incensed and Vikings fans are going, that's life with Brett Favre. Yeah. Now I, now I get it. It was a great magic carpet ride, but now We're getting the Brett Favre. You got him on that play, which is what Packers fans and the Jets for one year had for him since 1994. This was Brett Favre where you live with him, but boy, sometimes you got to die with those passes and they wind up dying with that pass. Now, you still had football to play at the moment, but if you're a Vikings fan, that was everything you'd ever seen, Mm -hmm. right? Because you'd been to the promised land a few times and then the door got slammed in your face, right? No, no entry here, right? And then past Super Bowl appearances, past championship games. There have been a lot of occasions for the opportunity, uh, and sorry to our boss uh, as I say this, uh, is that you had <laughs> a, a lot of opportunities to get your big signature win and, and etch name on the side of the trophy and, and everybody gets a ticker tape parade. Instead, it's all falling apart. And in that moment, like shades of every bit of anguish for Vikings fans for their lives. The... Coin toss goes the way of the New Orleans Saints in overtime. And this incredibly great game dripping with drama ends pretty quick. The Saints go down the field without too much difficulty. A big pass interference call against Ben Lieber helping the Saints. And Garrett Hartley comes out, kicks the game-winning field goal. 
The Saints win 31-28. They go on to the Super Bowl. And for the Vikings, it's what just happened to us? What just happened? And the Saints go on. They beat the Indianapolis Colts to win it all. Sean Payton, Drew Brees finally get to the top of the mountain. And the Vikings are left asking what if. But this didn't end the drama for the Minnesota Vikings and the New Orleans Saints. In the immediate aftermath after the game was over, a couple of things happened. The first thing was... This game, because of the way it ended, right? You get to overtime. Mm -hmm. The Saints get the football. They drive down the field and kick a field goal. The NFL changed its rules the following offseason about overtime. It allowed the team who got the ball first in overtime, if they kicked a field goal, the opposing team then got a possession to try to score as well. And this has morphed into the NFL overtime rule that we have now. And make no mistake about it, this change was made clearly because... Everybody felt bad. Brett Favre didn't get the football in overtime. How unfair was it that a legend like Brett Favre didn't get a chance to go down the field and win a football game? We've seen so many overtime games decided in playoffs, regular season, but it didn't matter because Brett Favre, who was it in the NFL at this time, didn't get a chance to go down the field. The NFL says, well, we want to change the rule. Now, crazy thing is the Vikings voted against this rule change in the offseason, but still it passed, and now we have the overtime rule we have because of this game, because of that development. All about the Saints. All we do is change rules because of the Saints, time and time again. Mm -hmm. We have the bounty gate that flows out of it, but we have multiple rule changes now impacted by Sean Payton, his position on the competition committee, picking up for longtime competition committee hero, <laughs> Jeff Fisher, uh, our friend here in Los Angeles. Uh, and it, it's just crazy that the backlash was so swift and severe to that. It's like you, you played overtime. It's like, sorry, Brett Favre didn't get a chance to have the ball. Defense didn't do their job, period. Give up a long kickoff return to Pierre Thomas. And what, 12 plays later? That's it. Get off the field. Too bad. After this game, I remember thinking, going, boy, they just beat the crap out of Favre in this game. The Saints gave him hit, twisting his ankle, hitting him, hitting him late. There was excessive roughness calls throughout the game, and it was just, boy, either this is their game plan was to come and hit Brett Favre or something else is going on. It was just a game, though, boy, Favre got hit, and I still think he's feeling some of those hits from this game. And then in 2012, this game took on a different light when Bounty Gate was put into the American consciousness when a filmmaker shooting a documentary on Steve Gleason of the New Orleans Saints took video of the meeting that Greg Williams had with his defense the night before a playoff game. And he talked about hitting guys, making them realize that they were going to get hit, going to get hit hard. That Kyle Williams, let's see what happens when you hit him in the chin. And we find out about Bounty Gate. And Bounty Gate became the biggest story in the NFL, albeit now it's three years later. And we find out the Saints were paying out bonuses or bounties for injuring opposing team players. It was an operation from 2009 all the way to 2011. Greg Williams got suspended. Sean Payton was suspended for the entire 2012 season. But this was the game where people looked back and said, okay, I get it. This this was really the beginning of Bounty Gate. The way they hit Brett Favre, everything they did to him, this started Bounty Gate. Go back and look. Ray Edwards, um, you know, for the, the Vikings was having himself a game. But when we go through and look at the quarterback hits on the other side, they were innumerable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you watch some of the, the video highlights, like, you know, the play through the whistle. No, no, no. The reverberation of the whistle yes. is really where yes. we got you. For for Greg Williams and that defense, and you know the the idea of a, a defense is to punish opposing player. Now, we've seen rule changes now. If you breathe on a quarterback after the ball's out, it's different. Yeah, the bounty scandal would never happen now. But look, these all look at all these penalties. Okay, we got to stop. Well, it's like the fact that Favre kept popping up like whack a mole. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that becomes a difficult proposition, right? I, if he if he stays down, then maybe the officials are looking at each other going, all right, did we miss something? Mm -hmm. What's going on? Not that you could have gone to review booth at that point to say, hey, please take a look at what's going on here. But, you know, you, you look at the, the way the game's officiated now. I mean, he'd be in bubble wrap compared to the way they allowed Well, after two hits, somebody would get thrown then. out of the game yeah. and there would be, all right, we can't do this anymore. It's a new NFL. Look, but because of that game, really, in retrospect... 
two big rule change, yeah. two things happen. Now, granted, for the Saints, it was all the way through, but that was the game people looked back to and said, okay, that's the game where I can really see it starting because of Brett Favre. Now, normally at this time, we do the where are they now segment of, of the podcast. However, I want to throw this at you because I'm going to tell you something I don't think you've known about me in the seven years nearly that we've been together. Okay. You want to hear this? Okay. Yeah, go ahead. So, the filmmaker who shot this video of Bounty Gate, right? That started Bounty Gate, whole thing with the Vice. Okay, sure. All right, filmmaker. Was my roommate at ESPN for about two years. Is that right? Sean Pamphalon. He was doing the Steve Gleason documentary. He got video of this and he said, listen, this is news. I have to come out with it. Right. Many people were upset uh, that, that he decided to do this. The NFL tried to buy this video and everything. And I'll never forget this because when I found that it was Sean, I go, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Sean's got this. And because Sean was a really fun dude, um, big Yankee fan. So he and I always would go at it with the Yankees and the Mets. But this was like his moment. And I go, what is he going to do? What's he going to do? He's got this video. And so at this time, I'm at NFL Network and I'm hosting NFL Fantasy Live. And I wind up seeing that it's Sean. I go, what's he going to do? And I go, I don't know what he's going to do, but he's very unpredictable. Sure enough, right after this story gets out, the NFL wants the video from him. He puts out this long missive on his own personal website about football and the NFL and Goodell should meet with him before he turns over the video. And I go, oh my God, Sean, what are you doing, dude? What are you doing? So the day after it comes out that Sean is the guy with the video, I go into my boss's NFL network. Now th this story gets really, really cool. Uh, I shouldn't say cool. It gets funny and I, I, I get a sense of retribution, right? So retribution's of strong word. Yeah. Well, so, so, here, so here's what happens. So, I come in and they're trying to get in touch with Sean. So I come in and I tell my managers, hey, you know, this guy who has the video, I go, I know him really well. I mean, we were roommates at ESPN for two years. I could get in touch with him and see if he'll give the video up. And my manager's like, oh my God, yes, go. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go talk to David Eaton, who was a, an executive at NFL Network. And he was, because he was like the guy in charge of the newsroom and he was, you know, the guy you would talk to. He was the one, you know, in charge of the daily shows. So I walk up to him, and this is not the first time. He didn't treat me the best when I was at when I was at NFL Network. And we walk up, and it's me and my manager and him. And uh, we walk up, and my manager says, hey, uh, Jason wanted to tell you something. I said, hey, um, so Sean P Pamphalon, who has this video, I know him. And, I can, and he interrupts me and goes, oh, we're on it. We're on it. I said, yeah, no, no, I, I get it. But I'm saying I know him, and I can get in contact. He goes, yeah, no, we, we've reached out. We, we reached out. We, we, we got it. So I just said, okay. I said, all right, that's fine. And I backed away. I said, all right, you know what? You've blown me off right here twice now and this happened. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. So uh, there you go. Now you know a little bit about more about that? me. And I had a whole thing of <laughs> where are they now? <laughs> all right, you know what? Give me your best one. Where are they now? Are they now? Give me your best one for uh, where are they now? Well, you know what? I don't have any further information, but there was a great article about Chester Taylor watching the World Series of Poker and uh, deciding, hey, I could do that. So by the late, you know, 2016, 2017, he was actually entering big time stakes poker wow. tournaments. Decided I, I, I could learn how to do this, so he was involved in that. I used to think I could learn how to do that and be a professional poker player. Like a couple times, I won when you know friends would have a night, and I'm going, "Hey, I could do this professionally." Yeah, I, I, I was good enough to play in a in a home game that I did okay. Uh, Phil Lodeholt. I mean, I had to pull Phil, Phil Lodeholt. Oh, sure, you got to get Phil Lodeholt in. Uh, he actually is back with the Vikings, and he was helping with uh, as an intern. In the Nun Wooten Scouting Fellowship Program. How about that? Mm, I, you know, I like guys that come and give back. There you go. The former second round pick got himself in there. Bernard Berrien, uh, business development, mentoring, and uh, management for athletes and entertainers. Not bad. Eric Frampton, financial consultant for Fidelity. How about that? And he walks around and says, Do you, you have your representative? Okay. 
teaching people how I to... Could, come on, man. You said Santa. What else am I going to say? Do you, do you feel? Do you feel? Do you, do you feel? Come on, the voice box has always been the coolest thing. I mean, we went, I took my kids to go see Aerosmith, and as soon as <laughs> they started doing that for Sweet Emotion, both my kids started cheering wildly. Do you, wow. do you, do you have insurance? Do you have insurance? All right. I think that's a good place to stop. So there it is. Our look back at the crazy season that involved the 2009 Minnesota Vikings. If you have any ideas, you want to pitch us some teams you think we should spotlight here on special teams, hit us up on Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome. We'll see what we can do. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you in a few days. Before you go, rate and review the show, whether you're listening on iHeartRadio, iHeartRadio apps, Apple, whatever it is. Give us a rate. Tell us you like it. We will love you forever and ever and ever. Special Teams is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> That. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.